Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we recap the Champ U Barbecue, and Teddy was there, so he's got a unique perspective on it. In Football Guys Talking Basketball, we discuss the Kimball Walker trade, and the Thunder's bad luck in the NBA draft lottery, we finish up giving you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, June 24th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in June from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 Summer Paycation Promotion. That's a lot of money. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now, recording this on Wednesday night, Teddy, we were not supposed to be recording this on Wednesday night. We were supposed to record this Wednesday morning. This, there there was a plan in place. There were plans in place. We were supposed to do pre-record multiple episodes on Sunday. We had interviews with our man Creed Humphrey lined up. We had an interview with our man Taylor Lewan lined up. And uh, my my son, which is weird to say, (laughs) had uh, other ideas. Other ideas. There was a plan in place, and it did not go according to plan, man. Well, that's your first welcome to parenthood. 
nothing is going to go according to plan. Get used to improvising. But that's awesome, dude. I'm so happy for you guys. So it's whenever it all actually happens, it's amazing that it goes the way it's supposed to, isn't it? It was, it all happened so fast, Teddy. <laughs> so, okay. So what happened was, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, you know, I just became a dad. So you know, I'm going to tell the story. <laughs> so my wife was scheduled to be induced literally right now. Like as we're recording this, so it was supposed to be Wednesday night on the 23rd. That was the plan. And Saturday, last Saturday night, during the Nets-Bucks game, right, game seven, my wife informs me rather calmly that she is having some pretty significant contractions. And she tells me, you know, it's kind of been going on all day a little bit, but it's starting to ramp up. And I'm like, okay, I know what to do here. Let's time them. Let's, uh, let's see how long they are. Let's see how far they are apart. Well, we do that for about two hours. The contractions get longer the time between them gets shorter i'm not a doctor but i kind of put two and two together and bless her heart she's looking at me she knows how badly i want to watch the end of this bucks (laughs) nets game she's looking at me there's two minutes left to go in the game ted we are the bags are packed i've been putting everything together we are ready to roll and she looks at me with the most sincere look and say hey gabe we got to go. <laughs> I mean, we got to go. So I didn't even get to see the crazy finish of that game. Uh, I saw the highlights, but it was so uh, then we load everything up. I had this romantic plan. I was supposed to take her to dinner at the ranch on to this on Tuesday night, give her her push present. Shout out to my friends at Diamonds Direct for the push yes. present. They were they were fantastic. Helped me out there. But there there was a plan for everything and it just all went away and we got to mercy hospital at like 11 at night and they said hey we're gonna monitor her for an hour and if she shows significant progress because she she wasn't quite yet 39 weeks so they were like she has to show significant progress for us to admit her and boy did she ever ted wow. <laughs> and it was time to rock and roll man it was it was a whirlwind Wow. Yeah. It, it, I, I can remember it being a whirlwind and I, that's the thing is you, you feel like, okay, we're going to have some time. We'll be prepared for this, but you go into it working on that. Um, no rest by the time it's over and it's happened, you've been up for probably 24 hours, right? Close to it. Yeah, it was. So <laughs> the funny thing is we, we get admitted, right? So we're in like the, I don't know, the labor and delivery wing of the sixth floor there at Mercy Hospital. And they're, they're checking her in. You know, they're looking at her, you know, not to be too graphic. They're looking at her cervix. They're looking at how dilated she is, all, all those things. And she's at like a four, right? And, you know, you got to get to like a 10. And the lady and the, uh, the nurse, who was an absolute delight, she was fantastic, she was basically like, okay, it's going to take some time. You know, this is your first baby. It's going to take some time. So my wife looks at me and she's like, hey, try to get some sleep. And remember, I texted you about it. I was like, do I just stay up? Do I just start ripping coffee or do I try to sleep? 
and you were like, dude, she's going to hate you, but get some sleep. <laughs> so I take some melatonin. I'm trying to like, you know, catch a few hours. I get woken up by the word, whoa, that's it. That's all I hear. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? It's just the, uh, the labor and delivery nurse going, whoa. In the time that I had been asleep, which was not very long, my wife went from a four to an eight. Wow. And when I tell you, I was out of it. I mean, I was, huh, what? <laughs> Melatonin coursing through your veins. <laughs> and it was, so I was battling that. I start ripping coffee. She's, she's telling my wife to start the, you know, the pushes and all those things. And she does a couple and she's like, you need to stop. You need to stop. I'm calling Dr. Wilkes right now. And shout out to Dr. Wilkes. She was there very quickly but it it just all happened so fast five in the morning baby boy's out next thing you know doctor's handing it to you right it's amazing it was clearly a life-changing experience but my hey, wife's you, efficiency I'll tell you, this. you sent me a picture at like 6 30 in the morning and you looked fresh as a daisy man i don't know how you pulled that off I got, I got some, some good, that nap was, I mean, it was melatonin induced. It was good. It was you good. Got some, you were directly into REM sleep, huh? I, I won't lie. I wasn't like wide awake till it, we were rocking and rolling and, and uh, little Cameron was coming out. That's I was awesome. like, Oh, okay. It's here. And it was, it was an amazing experience. And now I get, you know, like you, you would talk to me about it and all these, other guys that are dads talk to me about it. It's like, dude, it's, it's an unbelievable experience. And all of a sudden you have a kid. <laughs> it was yeah. just, I mean, dude, it was wild. And the, the drive home from the hospital with the kid in the back is even weird. Like how careful you are and like, attentive to everything that you're typically not whenever you're driving. Just didn't even think about looking at my phone. Did just <laughs> very, you know, slow turning the wheel. It was okay. This is a random question, but when you drove your son home, did your wife sit in the back next to the car seat or in the front? I think she sat in the front, but I don't As, remember. My wife and I, we were having a debate about it. We were like, do you sit in the front? Do you sit in the back with the kid? She was more comfortable sitting in the back with him. I was like, okay, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. But Drove us home, turned the Kings of Leon on. I was like, son, you got to learn to love this stuff. And just uh, cruised home. I wasn't, I never felt nervous driving. I don't know yeah. why, but I thought I would be freaking out more. I felt, I felt pretty composed in that scenario. Well, that's good. That's awesome, man. I'm glad everything worked out. I'm, uh, I'm glad that you're, you're home, you're settled. You're, uh, you're transitioning into fatherhood nicely. Yeah. Last night was, whoo, whoo. Yeah. They get to crying in the middle of the night and you're just like, what's wrong? What's going on? It's, we'll, we'll probably talk about fatherhood quite a bit on here. We'll try not to, I know I've gone long here and I'm sorry, but no, it's awesome. We'll, we'll try to sprinkle in a little bit of my, uh, a few of my experiences. Yeah. Yeah, because oh boy, I and it I'm I'm the diaper guy. That's that's my role. Now I can't can't feed them, can't help there. So I'm the wake up and 
clean up the mess guy and and it's already gone from the black sticky tar to kind of a mucousy brown yellow type substance and you know i i've embraced the challenge ted every crevice every crevice clean on that kid isn't it shocking how on one day having someone else's poop on your hands is about the worst thing you could ever think of and then the next it's like it doesn't even matter it's just it's there's not you don't even have to think about it ever again it's just done i will say this i've been holding my son multiple not multiple times now where i have felt the pressure oh, yeah. like he's he's shooting it out with some serious psi right <laughs> and you can right. feel it in your hand but i've been the diaper guy there has not been any poop come out of the diaper it has all stayed Good. contained so i'm I, I'm sure I'm going to jinx myself there, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good about the diaper technique, but there's, there's always room for growth, Ted. Yeah, you, you're right. It's funny. You can feel the, uh, like the abs tighten up. It's like a tight little football. And then it, it's so funny, dude. That's hilarious. <laughs> the look on his face is so good too. Just, <laughs> <laughs> It's just, oh, being, still, I still have the same uh, look on my face. It's okay. It's something you never grow out of. This is going to be an adventure, but I, I do want to say thank you to all the amazing people, especially the nurses at Mercy Hospital. They were beyond incredible, and those those women are saints, man. They made our lives so much easier. Um, my wife's recovery you know, taking him to the nursery at night. Like they are just, they're the best. And I got some wine coming their way, Ted. I, I took yeah. down the names of every single one that helped us like personally. And they're, you know, we're going to take care of them. Smart. I love that. That's uh that's impressive. Good thing on your part. Now that we have uh, talked about me becoming a dad, Cameron, by the way, named him Cameron, love Cameron. It. I could I, calling him cam. I think camp I've been that going works. back and forth. So I, I think we're going to stay. I, I think it's going to be Cam. I don't know. I don't make the decision. I don't even know why I'm pretending like I do. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I, you, you never know what naturally you're going to, there's all these plans of what you're going to call him and it, something will stick. It may be Cam. It may be Cameron. It may be something weird that you never even thought of, but you'll find it and it'll be natural. I've, I've just called him poophead lately because the dude, I mean, the guy is just, he's just pooping left and right. I mean, it's, uh, it is what it is. Okay. Let's, that's about all he's going to do for the first mm, eight months. Cry, sleep and poop. All right. Well, I got, (laughs) I got that to look forward to. Right. (laughs) <laughs> at least like our entire family lives within two miles so we've got all the help in the world which makes That's it awesome makes it nice okay that was a lot of dad talk i apologize for nothing that's good we need it it's we a need big it. moment man it's a big moment how hard can it be <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fun okay let's talk about the champion barbecue uh I got multiple tweets and we got multiple comments on our YouTube video that we put up on Monday. 
and it was, hey, why why didn't you guys talk about the champion barbecue at all? Sorry, my wife was busy delivering a child. We apologize for nothing. So, Ted, you were there. I I want to start with this. I judge barbecues. I, I judge them all the same way. And that is by the food. So before we get into the guys that came back and you talking to the recruits and all that stuff, how was the grub? How was, was it actual barbecue? What was, what was the food situation? Well, they had, uh, they had food trucks that were out there in the stadium. Um, I think they had Midway Deli was there was one of them. Uh, I had Billy Sims barbecue. That's what was out there. And it was fantastic. Um, so there, there was plenty of good food options. I would, I would give that. Um, I would say that was the, the thing that I would rate the lowest. Even though I thought the Billy Sims barbecue was great, it wasn't. I thought it was going to be kind of like a cookout style barbecue. You know, like someone's over there smoking, and you go through and you like throw whatever you someone's want. Someone's dad is yeah. randomly just over there. Yeah, like they like it was going to be like a big barbecue pit going on, um, which there may be a reason why they couldn't do that because at one point I walked over and there was a big table full of like snacks, and I was like, "Oh, cool." And he's like, "I'm sorry, but you have to pay for these," and I was like, "Oh, okay." So there's probably some really weird rules that they have going on with that. I don't know exactly. Did what. you say I did pay for them? With my blood, sweat, and tears for this program. My picture's on a damn pillar in here. Give me the damn snacks. I think I said something like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll come back in a second. And then later I just swiped someone. No one was looking. Respect you know. that. <laughs> I respect it, that. The, the food, I would say, was um, – it was obviously good. The food truck stuff was great. But the situation was not what I thought it was going to be. And like I said, there's probably a reason for that. Okay. So now that we've discussed the food, which you would say is, you know, fine. Food was fine is, fine. is kind of yep. what I'm picking up from you. The, the only logical question I can go to next is the cars because that, that the cars were what everyone was talking about. All the recruits seemed to really like them. There were, there was picture after picture after picture from recruits I'll buy them like your thoughts. Your that that's all I got. Your thoughts on the car situation. I had no idea that that was going to be a thing. And then which by the way, I got there at noon and I didn't walk outside for the barbecue until 5ish. So it was sitting out there the whole time and I, I had no idea. And then we walk out there and I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a Ferrari and that's a Lamborghini and that's a Rolls Royce and that's a Bentley. So that was pretty cool. Um, now I, I had no idea of this at the time, but someone told me after the fact that they thought maybe it was a troll of Texas because Texas was doing, recruiting pictures and then they were like in the background superimposing like cars back there i don't know if it was the recruits favorite cars or what that was but it was something that they were adding digitally so 
the thought was that OU maybe was doing that like we're going to have these guys taking pictures in front of the real deal. I don't know if that's where that came from, but it was still really cool. I, they had some awesome stuff out there. Yeah, I, I, I saw it. was like, yeah, that's uh, those are impressive. I don't know if that would have been cool to me when I was getting recruited, but it certainly – it certainly seemed like it went well, right? I mean, every every yeah. kid was posting a picture with him. Uh, whenever we first came out, so the we came out there, and then they had a scavenger hunt, and the scavenger hunt was ending as they were coming into the stadium. Like they, they had to run into the stadium as like their final thing. And as they ran out there, everyone was seeing the cars and like, oh, sweet, those are cool. One of the recruits went over and was looking at one of them, and the alarm went off. And he's like, I didn't touch it. I, I swear <laughs> I did not touch it. I don't know why that's, it was, that was pretty funny. So yeah, I like for me personally, I'm a car guy. I love those type of cars. And whenever I was in high school, I know I had never seen one of those in, in person in real life. So that was, I would think that that would be like one of the coolest things of the trip. If I were a high school kid. Yeah, no, I think that you know, whatever, whether it was troll in Texas, which would, which that's hilarious if it was. And I have seen those pictures that Texas put out. So that makes it, that makes it awfully funny, but it, it worked. I mean, that's the yeah. ultimate thing is I, I think it worked to caught people's attention. That was the whole point of it. Kids seemed to really like it. Now, the biggest thing in my opinion was all the guys that came back, right? All the mm-hmm. former players, Adrian Peterson, you know, Kyler, Jalen Hurts, I thought that was really cool that he was there. Remember, a guy that only spent one year at OU, uh, Trent Williams, Hollywood, CD, K9, Lane, you, Dusty, Tommy Harris, Billy Sims, you know, Shep, the Belldozer, Sam Bradford. Sam, Sam Bradford was the one that had people going nuts. You don't see Sammy B much, right? He kind of no. he kind of operates in the shadows. The only time I've seen him in the last couple of years is at Whole Foods here <laughs> in Oklahoma City. That's the only time I run into him. It was it was awesome seeing all those guys back and getting to see the pictures. It I'm sitting in the hospital room, right? We're waiting this whole thing out. I'm looking at pictures of all those guys. It was it was cool to see. No, it was it was awesome. Um having all those guys around like for the most part there was only a couple of really formal moments for the players former players um they obviously had the panel thing i think the offensive guys did a panel um in there the defensive guys did not so for the most part it was just hanging around talking to parents mingling with the kids they had so You've seen the new indoor. It's got the big turf field in there where they time 40s and do some speed work and stuff. And that's kind of where they set up and have some of their presentations because there's a huge jumbotron in there. And, you know, one of the things like before they were doing the presentations, just whenever guys were just kind of hanging around mingling, they had a basketball hoop out there. And it's like an icebreaker. And I'm sitting there talking to, I don't know, one of the coaches. Actually, I think it may have been DeMarco. And there was a couple of wide receivers that were out there just kind of standing around shooting hoops with Sterling Shepard, Kyler Murray, 
CeeDee Lamb, Marquise Brown, and like Sterling Shepard's like shooting CeeDee Lamb for a hundred bucks a shot for threes and stuff like that. And it's like, can you imagine being a high school kid and standing there? It's probably, and I said, I was like, that's more nerve wracking throwing up a shot around that group than, you know, trying to hit the, the game winner in a state championship. Cause if you throw up an air ball around those guys, they're going to let you have it. But it, it was, it was just, it was cool that everyone was there. No pressure, just hanging out and talking to recruits. So uh, I saw the picture of the panel, and it looked like that. Were you uh, were you up first there on the panel? It looked like you were hitting yeah. leadoff. Uh, what were, in all seriousness, what what was kind of your message, and what were kind of some of the other guys' messages to the recruits? Because you know, I for the I, I know the vast majority of that group well that was on that panel. And that's not, that's not a group of guys that uh, tend to sugarcoat much. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, yes, I was hitting lead off on the panel and that was totally on purpose. Uh, Cause I asked Ty Darlington, he was running it and I was like, so what's the format here? What are we going to do? He's like, uh, I'm going to start down here and I'll just introduce everyone or whatever. So I got down there first in line. Um, in a big group like that, everyone's going to end up trying to say the same thing differently. And with, you know, I don't know, was it 15, 20 guys there? It can get really hard. And you never want to follow someone that tells some like unbelievable story and gets the crowd like laughing or going. So you just, you start things off, get, get it out. We don't have to sit there and worry about it as the microphone gets closer to you. So you always just try and hit lead off. So, like, my message was, like, just kind of talking about, uh, you know, the, the family atmosphere and how you can always be welcomed back. And, you know, whenever I was, I was young, I was their age, walking up and down the halls and seeing the, you know, the different All-Americans and award winners and walking past the national championship trophies and all of those things, like, as soon as you do that, that all of a sudden becomes your goal. Like for me, I, my goal was only to get to college football. I never had, aside from that, I was like, I'll just see what happens. But then you walk down those halls and not only do you say, you know, it's attainable and you can do that here. And guys often do that here. It's like all of a sudden that's expected and that's the level that you need to get to. So uh, just kind of, it's kind of, uh, you know, the message was, was fairly simple that, you can achieve anything that that anyone can at any university, family atmosphere. Everyone talked about how, you know, almost everyone on that panel at some time or another, I had some type of work with them on the field, except for the new guys, like coming back to summer workouts, um, you know, just whatever it might be that everyone there, you're always going to be on the team with those guys. So, and that's kind of, you know, everyone – kind of said the same, not the same thing, but that was kind of the message is how, you know, it's, it's a family atmosphere. Cause that's what, you know, they always talk about up there. And I think it's true. Um, Jermaine Gresham went last. Oh God. And he basically just walked up there and said, um, what was it? It was, it was something along the lines of come here. If you're going to come here, come here to win 
and play football at a high level. If not, don't come here, <laughs> essentially. It was pretty short and sweet, basically saying that uh, only the best come here. The rest need not apply, and it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, Gresh, uh, Gresh usually has a gift for uh, delivering pretty direct messages in a to funny the way. Point. The guy is funny. To the point pretty quickly. But I, I'm glad it went so well. And that was, uh, it seemed like it went about as well as it could have. And I, I know some of the fan base were expecting like a lot of commitments to come after it, right? Because it, it did appear like it had gone so well. There were so many guys back. There were 2022 recruits there. There were 2023 recruits there. I mean, a lot of guys there. And I, I was talking to some people about, maybe the perceived lack of commitments, right? You know, the eyeballs that normally come after this event. And the kids are just in a different spot in their recruitment, right? Because of because of the dead period, right? Because of the corona year, kids aren't as far along. Like, a lot of these kids haven't been five places. I right. mean, they haven't even been two places. Maybe Oklahoma was the first place they've been, Ted. So, while it was an incredibly impressive event that I think only a handful of a handful of schools can pull off, you didn't see. You saw the Gavin Sawchuk kid, right? That number two running back in the yep. class of twenty twenty two. He commits, which is fantastic. And you saw Relique Brown there. It sounds like he was recruiting him and convincing him. And it sounds like. DeMarco Murray and Lincoln Riley have a plan for those two guys, but yeah. there wasn't just some avalanche of commitments. And it, it's because these, these recruiting classes is just weird, right? They haven't been able to go on campus. A lot of places. No, there's no doubt about that. Um, kids want to go see some places. They want to see some coaches. Um, so it's probably going to be a little bit slower than normal. I agree with that. And I'll add this. Um, there were, I think 50 some uh, official guys there, official visits. Whoa. Most of those guys had two, three, four people with them on their trip. Uh, there was a whole nother group of unofficial visits that may have been bigger than that. They all had two, three, four people with them, uh, former players staff, uh, recruiting staff, all total. I think I heard someone say that there was going to be a thousand people through there over the weekend. And the, the, the thing now is to have your moment. That's not really an environment to commit and have like your moment to commit, right? It's, right. it's going to be spaced out a little bit and guys are kind of going to come come at this one at a time as the calendar kind of ticks off so and i i didn't go into this expecting like all of a sudden over the weekend there's going to be five or six guys commit uh, i and i think that you may get five six eight commitments out of this but not directly after like it may be stretched out but that type of uh event can seal the deal it's just a matter of them going about announcing it the way that they want to Right. So maybe you haven't seen them reap the rewards 
of putting on such a complicated and big yeah. event. Uh, it was, it, it looked really impressive. It fueled, fueled me through the night. I just realized I, I didn't mention uh, in our little uh, dad talk to start off that my, uh, my son was born on Father's Day. No big deal. That's right. That's right. Say, uh, awesome. memorable I, I first you, Father's Day. I said he's already stealing your thunder right out of the gate. You know, it's selfish, man. Can't even have like your own his dad. Day. Never selfish. even going to be able to celebrate Father's Day. It's always going to be your kid's birthday that you're celebrating. Gosh, dang it. That's <sighs> awesome, though. It won't it fall on Father's Day every year, will it? I'm not good at math, but oh, right? Yeah, that's probably right. But it will some years, and I'm going to be like, gosh, dang it. Yeah. my day kid no that's awesome though that is cool okay is so cool. for our call your shot question ask the listeners ted their biggest takeaway from the champion barbecue uh our man at zt atkinson aka toasty pants yes he's, he's back. back he said number one kobe's dad talking about how real teddy was and how simple his message was to the young bloods want to win come to ou did you say these things uh, yeah, I think so. I did talk with his parents for, for quite a while. Um, they were really cool. They, um, they love it here. They, you know, he's been committed for a long time. They went out and when they looked at the stadium, they loved the South end zone. And then when they toured that and they bought season tickets in the South end zone. So, um, that's how much they liked it. So yeah, it was, it was, it was good. And, and that's the thing is you had an extended amount of time to just kind of hang out and chat and, and just talk. And by the way, he looks like, like most of the, most of the recruits, it's kind of weird whenever you see him and someone will say like that kid's the, you know, the number one edge guy, or that's the, one of the, the biggest or best tight ends in the country. Everyone looks so freaking skinny that I'm like, how, how is that the case? But you know, they're young and they're going to put on weight. And even, you know, some of the, the backers are, are super lean guys that are going to put on good weight. Like he is, he already looks like a college football player. Like he is a big dude. And I think he's, he's going to have a chance right away. Yeah. And I, I saw a picture of him and Kenneth Murray and I was like, huh? Yeah, they look they look pretty similar body yeah. type wise. So yeah, he uh, he looked impressive physically. Toasty Pants also said number two, Demarco can recruit. Ted, I will give you the floor here, sir, because you have uh, you've been saying this for a while. I'm telling you, he he was like he was totally in his element. It was awesome watching him work. He was relaxed. He was cracking jokes at the with the kids, with the parents. Um, he looked like DeMarco Murray, the coolest guy in the building. That's what he looked like, you know, and it, it, it was just awesome. He's, he is going to be a rock star recruiter. I'm just telling you right now, um, it is no surprise, like, Saw Chuck watching him and the way he was interacting with some of the other recruits and some of the former players, uh, like genuinely looked like he was having just the time of his life. Seemed like just a great kid on the field, off the field. Um, I could tell just by watching him, I was like, I, 
it may not be today. It may not be this month. It may not be for a long time, but I'd be shocked if that kid's not coming to Oklahoma. Yeah. And then number three, our man Toasty Pants said, OU is starting to get the national perception changed with the type of kids they are recruiting and landing. He adds, hashtag Toasty, hashtag let's go. Thank you, Toasty <laughs> Pants. Oh, we also got this sure. one from at don't trust government, <laughs> which is a hell of a handle. Uh, it says, number one, that Sam Bradford is alive and well. <laughs> uh, I, so um, whenever a lot of guys were there kind of all day, but some of the guys didn't get there until later, like about 4.30 or 5, whenever we went out to do the panel. And we all kind of met up in the, the training room. And since I'd been there all day and I, I just kind of went in and sat down because I, you know, I was tired from standing around and walking around. I got there early. Blake Bell came in just a few minutes later. So I was chatting with him and the next guy was Sammy B walking in and I was like, double take. I was like, Sam, how about that? It was, it was cool to see him. And you know, he, he's not the, he's, he's not the most outgoing guy. You know, he's pretty, pretty reserved. Um, but it, it, I think getting in there and, and talking with a bunch of the guys that he played with, uh, guys that he'd been around that he knows loosened him up quite a bit. And, uh, he looked happy to be there. I mean, I'm, I, I wouldn't say that all of a sudden Sam Bradford's going to be at every home game on the sideline, but I would say that I think, felt like it was maybe an icebreaker and maybe he'll be around a little bit open the door yeah it opened the door it was uh that was i was really glad to see that i bet you his golf game is just so good right now oh, oh my gosh yeah it was great before and I, I i am i am right there with you my man and fatherhood is going to i mean i don't know the next time i'm gonna get to hit a golf ball ted it's uh to be determined. Okay, let's get to football guys talking basketball. But first, let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma, tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And don't forget to send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. They know that children need to be in school and are doing everything possible to make that happen. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. Bishop McGinnis also offers all the clubs and athletics a student could ever want. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. FGTB, let's talk some thunder. Let's do it. Ted, let's, do it. Uh, let's start with good news. Let's start with the good news i think the thunder have traded al horford and moses brown and a future second round pick for kimba walker 
the 16th pick from the Boston Celtics and a future second round pick. Now, the timing is very weird on this trade, but this does feel like a win-win. In fact, that's that's kind of exactly what Sam Presti said about it after the fact. Boston gets a little more flexibility getting rid of Kimba's deal, right? He's due a little over $73 million over the next two seasons. The Thunder get rid of Horford's deal. Uh, They get another first-round pick and have some flexibility when it comes to what they can do with Kimba Walker. Ted, when this came through, I kind of just tilted my head. Like, when you make a sound at a dog, you know that look the dog gives you like, huh, what? It seems like a good thing for the Thunder, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Al Horford, Moses Brown, um, future second-round pick. I don't see anything there long-term that's going to help the Thunder try and reestablish themselves in this league. Kimball Walker and uh, a first-round 16th pick and a future second, I – 16th round NBA draft is usually extremely top heavy. You know, you're usually talking about, uh, you know, five, six, maybe, maybe eight guys, but you just never know. Um, there's been plenty of great players picked, uh, after pick 15 in the NBA. So that's a still a decent asset that you can acquire players. You can use it to trade. I don't think Kimball Walker ever plays, uh, any minutes at, at Oklahoma city. That's just me. Um, if he does great, I think he's, uh, a, a star and he's fun to watch. He's got a great game. Um, but I don't think he's ever going to play or I think he's, he's still, he's still a good trade piece. I know he's got a really big contract, but he still brings something to the table. So I think it, I think it's a good deal. I, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Yeah, it, it seems like the ideal scenario would be to somehow trade Kimball Walker this summer and get some assets for him. Uh, now, there's the possibility, right, that that doesn't happen and that he'll play for the Thunder and they will get him out there and try to increase his trade value and maybe you move him at the deadline. If that happens, you you hope he plays well and the Thunder can flip him for assets. But when when you watch Kimball Walker, when he is healthy, he is still one of the better shot-creating guards in the NBA. The problem is, from all indications, from some of the things that some of the people around the Celtics organization have said, it sounds like he's got an arthritic knee. Right. I mean, he's missed a lot of games over the last two seasons. It, uh, I don't know if it's quite bone on bone, but that's, that's kind of what it sounds like. So how do the Thunder balance that maintaining his trade value, keeping him healthy, but also showcasing that he still can play. I don't know. That sounds, it sounds complicated. <laughs> It sounds extremely complicated. I I don't know. It's not the Thunder's style 
to acquire a guy that has a has an issue with with a knee. You know, we all remember whenever the was it Tyson Chandler didn't pass the physical and to to trade for a guy that you're going to be be paying 73 million over 2 years and there's a knee injury and you think he may miss a lot of time that doesn't seem like it's their style so that makes me think even more so that uh, they'll be looking to trade him but here's the thing man with a salary cap comes a salary floor so teams need as crazy as it sounds they need big contracts like this and you may need a contract like that just to keep yourself above the the salary floor and if you get something from him great if not well you're getting that massive payroll number that you need that's so weird to say but that's the reality of it yeah i think if you look at it I think Shay is, and I'd have to look, but on the books now, Kimba obviously going to be the highest paid guy on the Thunder roster. But I think Shay's like the second highest paid guy, and he's supposed to make like five million next year. Yeah. So you're right. You they may have to have it. You you, you have to get to a certain number, or else you get fined by the league. Like there, you have to spend a certain amount of money. So. It, it was it was an interesting trade. It's going to be really interesting to see how they end up how they end up handling Kimba Walker. So the other piece of Thunder news is it's bad. It made me sad. The NBA draft lottery happened on Tuesday night. Said all of us Thunder fans, we were we were so hopeful. We thought we were going to get smiled upon by the basketball gods after having to go through the season that we just went through. And instead, the the basketball gods took a shit on our heads. Yeah. They there, there, was, there was a chance that Thunder could get, and I, I, I never really thought that it was going to happen, but there was a chance, right? It was mathematically feasible that the thunder were going to get two top five picks if that rockets pick fell to number five but we won't go through all the different scenarios that could have played out but the reality of the situation is that the thunder has the number six pick in what many people view as a five player draft so that sucks yeah it's not good. Um, here's the thing. You never know, right? There's a lot of players that were taken eight in what people considered to be a five-person draft, five-player draft, and turned out to be great players. I don't know enough about the guys that they're going to draft to know and forecast what their future is going to be, but I can I can guarantee you that there's going to be you know, five, eight years from now, we're going to look back at this draft and there's going to be someone in the first round that has an amazing career that was not one of those top five guys. Does that mean that that player is going to be picked at six, 16 or 18? No, it doesn't. But there's going to be some guys in this draft that pan out that were not the top five. 
and that's really the only way you can look at it is, you know, and, and, you know, quite frankly, Presti has done that before, you know, Ibaka is, is a guy like that. Um, gosh, you could even, where was Harden taken? He was the third, was third? pick. There's been fourth some pick, guys third pick, fourth that pick. have been a little bit later that, you know, people were unsure of and turned out to be good players. So, I don't know. It definitely isn't good. Are you in the uh, the group of people that believes it was rigged? Do, do Did we really need Cleveland getting lottery luck again? I mean, did, did we really need that? Did we need the magic to have two lottery picks? I mean, the, what, the Pistons? No one cares about basketball in Detroit. I'm just kidding. They they care a lot, but they've just been. Well, so I didn't watch it. I, you know, I was obviously trying to, to keep pace with what was going on, but I didn't have on. They don't do it on camera. No, they just like put up the envelopes. Like, why would you not like crank out the ping pong balls and show it? Can we get some transparency, NBA? There's, there is no way that it's not rigged if they don't show it. I don't know. Maybe that means that they you have think to they have... wanted to send Cade Cunningham to Detroit. I mean, maybe, well, someone has to explain to me why they do it that way. It's probably like computer generated, I guess, but maybe you'd have to have a, a, a massive amount of ping pong balls to be able to pull that off to get the odds proper. I have no idea, but I find it strange that they don't do the pick on camera. I think that reeks of uh, being rigged. I love a good layman conspiracy theory. You know well, how much come I love on, them. right? Well, I there's probably a reasonable explanation, but it's funner to more fun to um, theorize about what could could be going on here. Yeah. Well, I it's weird that the Thunder have three first round picks, right? They've got six because of the Kimba trade. They now have 16. And then they have Miami's 18th pick now because the Rockets pick didn't convey. So they've got six, 16, and 18. And somehow it feels like really unfortunate that that's where they're at. Would you? Uh, I don't know. In Presti, we trust, I suppose. I get, well, we've got no choice. Um, and I know this is not a well-received opinion, but I do not see the situation getting better very quickly. I'm afraid of that as well. Now, maybe they draft... A lot of people think they're going to take Scotty Barnes, uh, the kid out of Florida State, which makes sense because he's tall, athletic, and can't shoot. So that would that would fit the bill. I think he was like a twenty seven percent three point shooter. Yeah, okay. In, in his one season, in wait college. till the Thunder get his hands on him though. Then he'll be a twenty five percent. Yeah, okay? then he'll take That's it. What he'll usually dip. happens here. I'll, I'll say this: I know that they're building around Shea Gilgis Alexander. I was beyond impressed 
with his growth last season as a player, especially offensively, especially around the basket. If Davion Mitchell is there, whew, I, I know he's old. I know he's short. But that's the type of guy you want on your team. I, I know taking a six-foot guy that is, what, 23 years old, or I think yeah, that's probably about how old he is. Like, That's probably not a guy you'd normally take with the six pick, but I'm telling you right now, if they do it, I ain't going to be mad. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I, would, I would just assume taking a guy where you kind of know what you're going to get than a project that you're going to try and, and shape. That can be incredibly difficult. Yeah. Gosh, Davion Mitchell was fun to watch at Baylor. Yeah. Also, should Nazi Muhammad be banned from repping the Thunder at the lottery from now on? Of course. Okay. Yeah. I figured. Absolutely. Didn't even get in the top five, man. What the hell? Okay. Let's get to our winners and losers of the week. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, You'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And make sure you connect with our friends at Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or lower energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers to get on the path to losing weight. Call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Nick Saban. Nick Saban is the winner of the week. He has offered an eighth grader from Louisiana. And I think he's got a good chance of landing that recruit. That eighth grader is like six foot two, 220 pounds. The video of him playing football in the eighth grade is insane. I believe he could play at Alabama today. His name is Keelan Moses. It's Dylan Moses' little brother. And if you've seen the video, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the video of this kid, you need to find it. He looks like a college athlete playing football against eighth graders. And I am not exaggerating. I am watching it right now. He has made approximately seven, eight, nine guys miss. Oh, he's made guys miss twice now. He's running. He's running. He's running over people. My, oh, he ran over another guy. <laughs> that run is just, um, 
Yeah. There's That's... another video of him in the seventh grade in like a one-on-one tackling drill. And I'm telling you, it looks like a Mike backer in division one college football. It's insane. I would say just from the hair coming out of the back of, of the helmet and the aggressive nature, this is the, this is the cop I'm going with for this eighth grader. A, a very much, and I just watched one play. That was it. Right. Very much a Marion Barber feel okay. to his game. Amazing. Uh, who knows? He may be, uh, he may be peaking way too early here, which some people do. But since his brother's Dylan Moses, I would say that the chances of him panning out are probably going to be pretty good. Uh, Nick Saban's going to go ahead and get that offer out there in the eighth grade. Can you imagine being in the eighth grade and getting a scholarship offer from the, the premier college football program in the country, Nick Saban, how unreal is that? You're going to get to brag all of high school. Like, you know, my recruitment's over. I'm going to Alabama. I don't know if you heard he offered me. Think he's going to commit? He's going to commit uh, five years out. <laughs> well, the, the the scary thing is Dylan Moses's brother. When he's there, Saban will still have like three years left on that new contract. Oh God. yeah, that's right. He's. I bet Saban tells him, "Don't even. I don't want you playing football. I just want you in the weight room, working out, staying healthy." We don't need you taking unnecessary shots, concussions, whatever. We need you bubble wrapped. Nick don't Saban calling calling his freshman high school football coach. Yeah, he's got a he's got a carry limit of twelve. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. Saban. Yes, sir. I can't imagine him being tackled twelve times in a football game. So I think his carry limit can be three or four. That clip is ridiculous. Okay. They're all literally at like their helmets are below his shoulder pad level. It and looks like he's playing with. There's like, several guys that miss him twice. <laughs> God. Oh man. That's, that's what, that's what Ted Lehman looked like back in the day. Oh, out Fort Gibson. Unbelievable. That's hilarious. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the week? Oh, I actually felt bad. The losers play off P. Hmm. Just, I knew when he missed the first one, he wasn't making the second one, right? It's like, come on, there's no way after that. Misses the two foul shots late. They fight the entire game. They finally get the lead right there. They're they're well under a minute. You hit a couple of foul shots, and you're in really, really good condition. And playoff P can't come through for him. Ah, it. I actually felt bad for the guy it was terrible terrible to watch so he misses the free throws which is what everyone is going to talk about because you know whether you want to call him a playoff pp or you know what there's lots of lots of uh puns of the playoff p name but he also shot the ball horribly in that game uh, one of eight from three I mean, so I know when you look at his stat line, you see the 26 points, but he took 23 shots to get there. 
They went one of eight from three and then missed the uh, the two biggest free throws of the game. So, yeah. Well, here's the deal. You know, I know he doesn't – they don't have the best player on their team who's, you know, arguably one of the top one, two, three best players in the league. And that puts a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Now, all of a sudden, he's drawing the top defender. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough, but – you know, unfortunately, this is this is big boy basketball, and that's where you're going to be judged. And when it's all said and done, he makes over thirty million a year. It's not that big of a deal. But uh, I did feel bad for him. It was a moment for him to kind of, you know, regain some of that confidence and kind of show some people that he can he can do it whenever it's all kind of on the line. And ah, oh, he missed the two free throws, and he's a great free throw shooter. Yeah, and. The weird part about it was, well, he had the layup right there with, you know, 30-ish seconds to go. And then he hits the pull-up jumper, and you're like, oh, man, Paul George is stepping up, and then he misses the free throws. Well, you know, I would say that it's the basketball gods because Booker did not foul him. I hate that they called that on him, which, you know, that's basketball, and that's how it's going to be officiated, but my goodness. I... I thought you were going to say it was the basketball cods because of that review. That's the stupidest thing. Like where they slow mo the it. Thunder before, and I feel like it, was it against the Spurs in a playoff game? It, it definitely <sighs> happened against the Thunder before. I want to say, and if if we hadn't taken so many hits to the head, Ted, we could remember these things. It happened in like I. It happened in a Final Four game too. I can't remember. Yeah. For some reason, I think it was Villanova. I don't know if it was, but it happened in like a Final Four or like the National Championship game. Yeah. Now I'm thinking it may have been it may have been either Chris Paul or Beverly whenever he was at Houston or Chris Paul whenever he was the Clippers that did it against us. But I've seen the same scenario before, and it's so – that is such a dumb rule. I, I mean, I understand in – Letter of the rule, it's off that guy's hand last. I don't know what you're going to tell the officials whenever everyone can see it in slow motion, but I think unanimously everyone agrees that that's a stupid call and it should be changed. Yeah. it. The way I see it, it's someone that said this, and I can't remember who said it. I, I am really showing how great my memory is here. It, it's like if it happened in a pickup game, who would they say the ball was off? Like every single time that situation happened at any level of basketball without replay, it would be Phoenix's ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you super slow-mo. It's just stupid. And yep. I loved how Jeff Van Gundy said it was stupid. That, yeah. was, that was like my favorite part of the broadcast. Stupid and um, he's like, well, he's the last one off him. He's like, well, yeah, but that's not the intent of the rule. And I agree. It's, it's not, you know, he caused the ball to go out. I, I don't know. We could, we could discuss that all night, but I, the end of that game was, I know everyone's complaining about the reviews, but I, I thought it kind of built the tension and it helped some of the plays unfold. I think I read somewhere that the last two minutes of that game lasted 33 minutes. Yeah. Brutal. Which, jeez. Okay, guys, 
Spring is here, and you know what that means. It's hard seltzer season, baby, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will & Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coupe Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It's made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. I dare you to try the mango guava and say it's not incredible. Will & Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at, at Will & Wiley. So, Ted, for my winner of the week, I thought about going with Carl Nassim. He's a former teammate of mine, just a hilarious guy to talk to. A lot of people got a nice little look into him from Hard Knocks, and that's Carl, man. Like it's it's conversations like that with that man every single day in the locker room. But he comes out on Instagram, uh, brought a ton of attention to. Uh, the Trevor project, which had me Google the Trevor project and they're doing some really good work, but he also cited some important stats about adults showing support and acceptance and how that can affect suicide attempts uh, for LGBTQ kids. It was just cool. I thought it was really cool. It was kind of subtle and it, it was so cool that people just started buying the hell out of his jersey and he had the top selling jersey on fanatics but i know a lot of people are making it making it to be a really big deal right the first active openly gay football player in the national football league and i like how he said hopefully you know someday this isn't a big deal but i i thought that that was that that was a big deal it was he didn't have to do it and he did it and there's going to people be people that don't like it, and um, I don't really care about those people's opinion, but I'm just happy for Carl. Good guy. Glad he can live the life that he wants to live. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, has to be, um, for him, you know, very um, – just like a weight lifted off his shoulders, and I, I think that – I almost disagree that it's not a big deal. Do you remember when Michael Sams at Missouri had came out and before the draft, that was a huge deal that was talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks. And this thing was like, Oh, great. And, Everyone, you know, just giving support and kind of moved on. And you're always going to have people, obviously, that um, that have something negative to say. But I didn't see any of that. There was I didn't see any conversations out there from people that have an audience talking about, well, how's this going to be, um, you know, looked at in the locker room and, you know, are his teammates going to turn? I didn't see any of that stuff. So I would almost say that it's already not a big deal. You know, right. it, it, it was a big deal. He did it, but it's yes. not a big deal. You know, like, it, right. Like it's obviously a big deal for him to be able to do that. Right. Absolutely. But I think the, the response from people was like, Oh, huh, cool. Good for you. And Great. The, the people, I mean, the guys in that locker room, it's, it's simple. Can you play or can you not? I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what race you are. I don't care about your sexual orientation. I don't care about 
your religion. It's can you play or can you not? Can you help us win football games? And Carl Nass can rush the damn passer. (laughs) I mean, that's just the bottom line. So it was, it, it had felt for a long time like the NFL was ready for this, right? Teddy, you, you probably had guys on your team that you knew were gay. I've had guys on my teams that I knew were gay and you just didn't really talk about it. It wasn't a big deal then, but I mean, I, I think it's important that if, if you're talented enough to play in the league, like you should get to be who you are. Right. Yep. And uh, I'm just, I'm thrilled for Carl and it just, He's just so goofy, man. I mean, it's just so goofy. And that that video was just so goofy. Him just, hey, straight to the point. Hey, it's Carl Dasso. Oh, by the way, it just, it, it was great. And I think that, I think it's going to mean a lot to a lot of kids because yeah. it's just, you know, something that we haven't seen anybody do before in that, in that league. Well, here's the thing is there are, um, there's always going to be really hateful people that say horrible things and are completely and totally intolerant. And they showed themselves whenever they found out he was a Republican. I saw saw that where people were like, you know, I support. This is awesome. Wait, he's a Republican. I I hope he dies. Yeah. It was, Oh, I've talked some. I've talked some politics with Carl. Once again, I he's just a he's an interesting guy, man. You can go down some some deep rabbit holes with him. But happy for him, uh, happy for him. That's that's big time, and uh, I'm glad that you know that'll that'll set the precedent. Where and like he said, like eh, hopefully it's not a big deal moving forward, yeah. right? Hopefully it's it's all about what you do on the field, what you do in the community, that type of stuff. So, but my winner of the week, Ted, and I stayed away from it when you were talking about uh, playoff P being your loser. My winner of the week is DeAndre. I feel like this guy has really changed the way people feel about him during these playoffs, especially. This was a guy that was the number one pick in a draft that what had Luka Doncic, and Trey Young, it, it wasn't too long ago that people were saying he was trash and that people were coming up with hypothetical trades to get him out of Phoenix. And in game two there in the Western Conference Finals, he has 24 and 14. He goes 12 of 15 from the field and has the game-winning dunk on an absolutely beautiful pass from Jay Crowder. What, what an awesome moment for DeAndre Ayton and the elevation of his level of play in the playoffs. I mean, it has been really, really impressive. And he just, he is one of the guys as I've watched basketball this season, especially the playoffs where I, I've completely changed my opinion of him. I used to think, eh, he's a big guy. He does some things. Okay. He's a decent defender. Like he, he can dunk it if you get into him. They're in the dunker spot, and he has been awesome. I mean, yeah. absolutely fantastic for them. He's He's been a huge difference maker for a team that is now up 2-0, and they did it without Chris Paul. 
and they are very much a real title contender. It's it's impressive. No, I, I agree 100%. And I'll tell you what I love about Phoenix is there's there's some guys on that team that have some experience, but it's a it, there's some young guys that have never really been in big moments, and you can tell how bad that team wants to win, right? Everyone, like whenever they're over there in the huddle, you know, sometimes in NBA huddle, we used to watch Westbrook walk down and sit at the end of the bench and not listen to a word anyone says. When they're in that huddle, everyone is locked in. Everyone's focused. They're talking to one another. They're trying to get everything right. That's fun to watch. And that last play was awesome. How did, how did the Clippers not switch that? Like why, how do you get screened in that situation? Like it's so bad. It's like, What's the one way we can get beat? Oh, well, they throw it up to the rim and dunk it. In Batum's defense, he got bench pressed into the screen. <laughs> you know, it's not like uh, a little nudge. Yeah, but uh, that was still awesome. Which, you know, and I loved the call with um, with Mark Jackson, Van Gundy, because I I should have known this, but I didn't know that there was no goaltending on an inbounds play that that's a live basketball uh so i that was awesome i still don't understand how it goes from 0.9 to 0.7 when it takes 0.3 to catch and shoot and that's an nba rule but uh nonetheless it was still a really really cool play yeah so i did know the rule uh had had young cam in my arms and i do all dads do this? Like when, when you know something, you know the rule on something, then you turn to your kid and explain the rule and mm-hmm. sure. try to make yourself sound super smart because yep. the, the baby can't understand the words. And I was like, you know what? I just, I was like, these, these guys from the Clippers, they look like idiots. They look like they don't know the rules, son. You got to know the rules. Mm-hmm. You got to know the rules. Um, and you tell him what a great pass it was by Jay Crowder. It was awesome. It was an awesome pass. Perfect. Very I mean, well. He executed. just had to just perfect, perfectly executed. That was awesome. The crowd shots of that arena going insane because, you know, I, I'm sure some people were sitting there saying like, that's the only thing that they can do. Maybe they thought they were going to get, try and get a catch and shoot with Booker or something, but it was the unexpected and everyone just went insane. That was awesome. Yeah. Sons and four guys. He's still alive, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Sons and four. That guy, you know, Sons fans, let's let's cool it. Stop beating people up. It was, you know, the one video was cool. Stop, stop hurting people. (laughs) I mean, the organization had to put out a statement. It's getting so bad. That's when you know it's legit. Please stop beating up fans. Okay, my loser of the week. Ted thought about going with Major League Baseball because some of these some of these situations are I mean it's ridiculous. I know it's shocking when we're talking about baseball them doing something stupid, but these umpire the umpire checks with these pitchers where they're going out to check them for foreign substances. Maybe the best way to say it, it's it's not going well. <laughs> it's it's not been well well received by fans. By the players, probably my favorite one was between Max Scherzer and Joe Girardi. Do you see that one? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought Scherzer was going to pull his pants down, which would have been amazing. But they made 
they made one of the best pitchers in baseball who has been consistently one of the best pit- pitchers in baseball for a long time. They, they, they made an umpire check his hair, Ted. Like the umpire ran his hands through Max Scherzer's hair. Sweaty and then, hair. And then he wanted to fight the other team's manager because Joe Girardi was the one that told him to go check it. Why does nobody think anything through? These are supposed to be some of the smartest people, um, you know, in all of sports, the commissioners and, and whatever competition committees, whatever. Why are they checking a pitcher five innings into a game out on the mound? You check him before he starts the game. You check him between innings. Just like in football, the officials come in as you, before you take the field and they check all the defensive linemen uh, to make sure that they don't have any substances on their jersey that make it hard to grab or whatever it, and stuff on their arms, whatever uh, they're checking them for. They should have someone that's not an umpire, not on the field, that's over there by the dugout that makes sure that the guys aren't putting anything on. It's, it seems simple to me that you don't do it as a show out in front of everyone and stop a pitcher's momentum in an inning. All a manager has to do, if a guy's hot, he's working fast, he's, he's going through a, a, a mowing, mowing down a, an order of batters, ah, time out, check him. He's, his stuff's too good. And they go out there and they kill his momentum. It's dumb. It's exactly what happened with Scherzer, right? Strikes a guy out, runs his hand through his hair, <laughs> check his head just they checked him three times right it, it, yeah it's great for baseball right keep uh keep trying to embarrass the stars i'm sure oh yeah and make the games longer too yeah that's uh that's gonna work out well but there there was only one choice when it came to loser of the week and that is the nc double a <sighs> nca v alston ted we are not lawyers but uh, that case got the old Supreme Court treatment, and I, I am not an expert on Supreme Court decisions, but losing 9-0 seems pretty damn bad for the NCA. So it, you look at the, the, the Supreme Court ruled that the NCA can no longer place limits on education-related benefits that they give the athletes and Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, he straight up destroyed the NCA in his concurring opinion. I, I couldn't read that enough. I was like, Oh, Oh my, Oh my gosh. He just wants to burn this thing to the ground. He made it sound like the NCA will lose all of these cases moving forward, but that it, it, it comes down to, okay, what does this mean for the NCAA? And it, it sounds like it's going to be what educational equipment. There was the uh, a mention of study abroad programs, uh, paid internships, maybe even rewards for academic achievement. I'm reading all of this going, Teddy, I was a nerd in college. I would have been rich academic well, achievement money. You kidding me? Here's the other thing in, in, I don't know how the NCAA has has really any legs to stand on anymore, but it, it's there's a, a limit can no longer be placed on 
education-related benefits. And one of the education-related benefits is housing, right? You get a housing uh, stipend or whatever it's called, housing um, reimbursement, or you get a check. If there's no limit placed on it, you can maybe give those guys as much as you want for their living check. It used to have to be fall within like the average rent of a given area, correct? That's so what it was based off. Yeah. If there's no longer You're talking about limits, like the cost of attendance and all that stuff. Yeah. And how sure. they, the, the, that's why at, at different schools, like the check amounts are different because mm -hmm. they do a lot of math and they base it off what things cost in that area. Right. And I know whenever I was in school, we were always talking about how much different guys got for scholarship checks uh, for their week, uh, monthly stuff. So if there's no limit based on or no limit on that stuff now, is, does that mean they can give them whatever they feel they deserve for a room and board? I mean, I don't know what any of this stuff means. I know this, that the NCAA is backpedaling like crazy and they're on the defensive and the landscape with the with the name image and likeness stuff with this ruling college sports are about to become really crazy and one more thing about the champion barbecue they had a big name image and likeness presentation for the players about all the things that they're going to do for them there to help them grow their brand and lincoln came up and spoke later and said i just want to make sure everyone in here knows this that this rule, this new name, image, and likeness deal is going to destroy some teams in college football. It's going to destroy them. But he made the point that it's not going to destroy us because of the way that we're going to, um, we're going to handle it. But I think that there may be some truth to what he's saying. I, I'm not saying these things are either – I think they're the right choices, but – whenever you just all of a sudden open up the floodgates, there's going to be some, some unintended consequences and I don't know what they are. And maybe you just deal with those and roll on because you got no choice. The study abroad trip, being able to pay for that, that could be sick for some football. Where kids. would you have wanted to go? Italy? Well, actually, and it, this is, you know, for a different podcast, but I actually was, was uh, intimately involved in organizing a little uh, two week trip to Ireland that me, Trey Millard, and Blake Bell all went on, uh, did that with President Bourne. So we were drunk in Ireland for two weeks. We took we took a class called Culture and Sports in Ireland. Very challenging. Very How challenging was course. Was it fun? It was awesome. We got to play like some of the traditional like Gaelic games. We went and did some of that stuff. It was really fun. And then we got hammered every night. That's what when we did. did. You, what time of the year did you go? We went during, it was during May. So before summer workouts, right after finals and, and yep. before and summer like that workouts. two week period, which That's cool. yeah, we were in really good shape for summer workouts. <laughs> no, it was awesome, but that will be cool. If more kids get an experience like that, because a lot of kids, you know, get to study abroad and that's just something that football players and other student athletes really don't get to do. Now I love how the basketball teams now they go play over in Europe. I saw a bunch of them you know, a couple of years ago when we were in Italy, I saw all kinds of college basketball teams over there, but 
I just imagine that these kids are going to have like ev- every Apple product for free, which doesn't really bother me. You know, it doesn't no, really bother me. That's, that's pretty sweet. I don't, I don't, I honestly, I don't know what it means as far when they say you can't put limits on it. I don't know what that means. I, does that mean here's your, here's your $15,000 check to buy what you need for school? I, I, I don't know what that means in we'll see <laughs> we'll find yeah. out what it means really quickly <laughs> yeah we'll see how bad can it be all right on that note episode 123 in the books we'll have a new podcast that'll drop monday morning where we will be answering listener questions ted mm. fascinating i can't wait to see what this brings i've been compiling the list there are some uh, there's some interesting ones in there. Nice. You can hear Teddy from two to six on Sports Talk fourteen hundred. You can hear me from three to five on Sirius XM Big Twelve Radio Channel three seventy five. Hope you all have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening and do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Another-